Welcome back to Logical Magic, Examining Esoterica. My name is Elaine, and I'm a celestial and angelic magic practitioner, as well as a tarot reader and a psychic. Now, on this particular podcast, I usually do longer form interviews, but I'm also doing a series of shorter episodes that are basically cliff notes around spiritual and magical practices. So today, I'm explaining to you what the form of celestial and angelic magic is that I practice. Now, this is going to, first of all, we need to cover one thing right away and you're going to hear me say it over and over again because it is a lesson that most people need to incorporate into their spiritual practice which is that all belief systems all narratives that you learn around your beliefs none of them are absolutely literal they are trying to break down a universal truth that is beyond our current understanding into a form that can be understood as we are in this current form. So if somebody absolutely invests in the narrative built around star seeds, that is the answer for them. Now, is it absolutely literal? No, it's not. The Christian Bible, is it absolutely literal? No, it's not. It is a form, uh, it is the way to teach a lesson to people who are interested in learning about a spiritual practice. And that's what all religions actually are, people who are inspired by a divine presence because it is the divine that is the universal and uniting experience. But when you think divine, don't think the God of the Bible, think of basically a consciousness at the center of the universe, and that is the divine. So celestial and angelic magic as I practice it, because there is a different form that I do not practice. And I'm not super familiar with it. This particular form that I practice is based on the book of Enoch. And Enochian magic is sometimes referred to in the book of Enoch, which has been removed from most Christian doctrine. I think it is still present in one of the doctrines or one of the churches within Ethiopia of all places, but it has been over the ages removed from most doctrines, mostly because in it, there are something called fallen angels. There are something called the watchers. And this is the concept that God sent angels to watch over mankind, but that these particular angels were basically seduced away from their divine path by the vices of man. So lust and greed and all of the other things that, you know, are lesser natures that we try to combat. And that very specifically, these angels then mated with American or American with human women, with women, and they left behind uh, the language or the uh, lessons of the forgotten doctrines, the rejected doctrines, and that became magic. And so that's where the concept of a lot of demonology comes from, is these fallen angels who turned away from God and instead interacted with man and bred with man and brought the lessons of magic to man. Now, it has been rejected by many religions simply because it talks about angels turning away from God and uh, other magical practices are present in it. So there are some instances, of, it is incomplete in the forms that we normally see it, although it does exist within that Ethiopian practice. So in that, there are seven angels, seven archangels who stand in the presence of the divine. Now remember, I do not practice the Christian doctrine. This is breaking down the energy that I access for celestial and angelic magic. So in this doctrine, there are seven archangels that stand before the divine, before God, ready to serve God. And of those seven, four were allowed to intercede on behalf of man. 
meaning they can directly interact with man, but they are not part of the watchers. Those are the fallen angels who essentially turn their back on the divine to be have, to have more of a human experience and then brought the mystical and the magical lessons to women in particular, their wives, which is part of the way that the Christian religion tells you that, you know, witches and magic are evil. And, you know, it's basically that the Christian religion does not like women having power in their own hands. It's a patriarchal structure as it is uh, conducted in this time and place. And so limiting the amount of power that women have is one of the things that it is very interesting in. So they judge magic very, very strictly, but there is actually a form of Christian and celestial and angelic magic called celestial and angelic magic that will utilize the energies of those four archangels. And those four archangels are the Archangel Michael, the Archangel Gabriel, the Archangel Raphael, and the Archangel Uriel, who are also the guardians who guard the four corners, the guardians of particular elements that hold this reality together. Now, the conduit, if you're a conduit for one of those archangels, you are a celestial and angelic magic practitioner. You may use different expressions of that magic. I have a tendency to use folk magic and candle magic as the expression or basically the framework, the foundation, the structure that I use when I'm performing angelic magic. The reason that it is not more widely known is it cannot be used for baneful purposes. Since it is the magic of the divine and baneful, B-A-N-E-F-U-L, it cannot be used as punishment. It can't be used in support of vice. It can only be used to heal, to allow people to prosper and to grow. So it can involve money, but it has to be the pursuit of uh, money in order to provide for needs, in order to do good in this world. It can't just be about greed. So the four archangels, I am attached to the Archangel Gabriel and on multiple podcasts and multiple different areas, I have told the story of how I found out that there was something protecting my life that I have always, since I was a very small child, understood to be the Archangel Gabriel. The Archangel Gabriel is the guardian of air who brings epiphanies and truth. And that is part of the reason that I do what I do. When I do readings for people, I help them find basically resonant messages for their path. Now, can I tell people about, hey, what's going to happen in my love life? What's going to happen in my career? Yes, absolutely. But my main purpose in doing what I do is to help people find a way forward on their purposeful journey on their divine path. And they will also be people who are very likely connected to one of the archangel powers. Now, if you practice celestial and angelic magic, it will be used for miracles for healing, for removing demons and removing entities. And the reason that it is practiced through the celestial and angelic magic is through the belief of Enochian magic has to do with the alphabet of angels and sigils, and it can be found in chaos magic, which chaos magic is a relatively new term. It was coined in the 1970s that basically says that you can pick and choose and from a cafeteria style perspective, take from other practices to build your own practice. It has a lot of the Enochian symbols. It also uses sigils, which are about uh, basically programming the reality around you almost through a form of code. That is what a sigil is. They're actually very easy to make. 
Chaos magic has very little structure by, by design. Celestial and angelic magic is not chaos magic. It is actually something that it's never completely gone from reality, but it comes back at a stronger level when we are out of energetic balance, because that is really what it exists to do. Our world needs to be in a state of balance. Although it believes strongly in the concepts of right and wrong, it is not as wedded to, for instance, sexuality is not wrong in uh, celestial and angelic magic. The expression of sexuality is not wrong. It is not a shaming or a controlling form. It is a direct connection to the energy of that particular archangel and the element that they guard. Now, I work with all four, but my chief connection is to the Archangel Gabriel. So I do a lot with the spirit of air, who is the Archangel Gabriel. Now, as I said, all belief systems are breaking down a real power and telling a story around it. So is it really the Archangel Gabriel? As I have always understood it and as I've always interacted with it, yes. But that was because when I first started to understand it, I was, I was a kid. I was a child. I was a literal child. And so that was the easiest way for me to understand it. As I have grown, as I have had a more nuanced experience and a new, more nuanced uh, understanding of what is possible, more than one thing being true at once and more than one thing being possibly true at once is a greater expansion of uh, like a more sophisticated view of what is possible. We want things to be simplistic. We want these very, very easy answers. But in reality, what we are trying to grasp is beyond our current understanding, which is why different people have different answers. In celestial and angelic magic, you are trying to invite the pure energy of the divine, which is why it cannot be used for baneful purposes. Baneful purposes, there's nothing wrong with it. Everybody is here to walk a different path, to learn different lessons. There's some people who will come here to live a uh, like a morally neutral experience with their magic, and that is equally valid. It isn't about judgment. It is about what you chose before you came here. And I apparently choose to be some form of goody-goody every single time and have been sworn to this form of magic throughout lifetime after lifetime. And when I'm doing particular forms of magic, I do a form of channeling that I'm not even aware of what I'm going to be doing before I go into it. And that's very normal as well. It is used for the betterment of a soul to free it of its lesser attachments to help that particular person overcome their shadow side, frequently about healing their trauma. And it is to bring the, the state of that particular person into a greater energetic balance in equal measures, the light and the dark where the light is what you choose to rule the darkness with, meaning you are not at the whim of the darkness within. You are choosing the light. You are trying to reach for your higher self and evolve as a spiritual being throughout the course of this life. And that is what celestial and angelic magic is used to do. Now, separately, most magic practitioners also have some forms of magic where, because sometimes you do need to do money magic. Sometimes you do need to protect yourself. Sometimes you do need to bind somebody. So most practitioners who are capable of doing celestial and angelic magic also have been drawn to other forms of magic. They will usually have very intuitive understandings. And as soon as they start learning about something, it is almost as if that knowledge expands without any effort, without any needing, need to learn. Like you crack open a book and it's like an encyclopedia ends up in your brain. That is the easiest way that I know of talking about acquiring ancestral knowledge or your universal magic knowledge, which people who come here and do this over and over again 
once you are essentially activated and that expands in your consciousness and in your life, you will receive information from essentially your guides and your ancestors. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between guides, guardians, ancestors, and angels. Your ancestors are those who came before you, but they are not necessarily in your family of the blood. They can be the family of your energy, meaning one lifetime you might have been Chinese and the next lifetime you are literally African. We do actually hop around that way to have a diverse experience. Those ancestors are as legitimate as the ancestors of the blood. So when you are talking about ancestors, you are not just talking about your family tree, but also your energetic tree. And your energetic tree is far more diverse than your family tree. So when you're reaching out to your ancestors, those are the ones who came before you who have the knowledge that you need. When you're reaching out to your guides, you want to think of those people as people. They have frequently been people. They're not always, but they have usually been people. Those guides, you want to think about them if you are in a, uh, like gaining a master's or going after a doctorate, you will have educational advisors and you will talk to them about your curriculum. That is essentially what a guide is. A guide is there to help give you clues along your path about which way to turn. But angels are different because angels have never been human and they will never be human. And in the book of Enoch, that becomes particularly important because when angels were allowed to mix and mate with humanity, it corrupted their nature. And so angels are not here in a physical form. You can be a divine conduit for an angelic source, but it is not handed out on merit. It is part of a soul contract, meaning I can be an entirely impossible person, but I still have an angelic conduacy to the Archangel Gabriel. That is because I'm a form of teacher. Most healers will be attached to Raphael, who is the spirit of water, which is the flow of love, the flow of emotion, and also access to divine love. And in this particular form of celestial and angelic magic, the, Michael is the guardian of earth because earth negates all dark energy and keeps us in balance. Because there is a difference between containing dark source material and the difference uh, between dark impulse. One is about our sentience, our soul, our the way we are, our consciousness and way how it influences what we believe and what we want. The ego gets involved in that. And then we all need to, again, exist in the state of energetic balance. So we will all have a, you know, basically we all have a murky side to us. We all have a lesser self that we are trying to understand. I'm always telling my clients, what you want to do is understand your monster and put it on a leash. And it is not, everybody gets their own challenges. For me, as I'm always talking about, mine is patience. And then also just, I can be a, I can be an absolute like firecracker of a human being. I can be a powder keg. And I've been working on it my entire life. I think I've got it really, really, really under control, but it has been one of my recurrent battles is learning how to be patient and learning how to be mild because I am not a mild person. I'm not a peaceful person by nature. I'm a pick up my broadsword and charge right into the battle type of person. And that it that has its merit, but because we need to live in a balanced state and angelic conduits need to be able to have access to all four elements. That is what a celestial and angelic magic practitioner is seeking to do. They will have one chief connection to the divine through one of those four elements and the guardian of that particular element. Mine is, is Gabriel. A lot of healers have Raphael. 
For people who are protective, they are all, all usually about Michael. And then for Uriel, that is about the divine power, but also in rebirth, there is a form of growth, a form of evolution. Fire actually contains the ability to destroy and in destruction, there is rebirth. And then Uriel is also in charge of divine fire. Now, having that energy available to you does not give you the framework to practice it in. And I, my personal guides told me to go towards candle magic many years ago. When I was reading a book as a child called Follow the Leader, there was a quote in it, and I believe it was a misquote because I've seen it since and it, it is ever so slightly different. But the quote in the book was, it is better to light a single candle than to sit and curse the dark. Now, that is the first instance of me encountering a spiritual message that then had great resonance. As I've shared elsewhere, I also went to Quaker farm camp when I was a kid. My alcoholic grandmother would save up all year long to send me to uh, Quaker farm camp when she was living. So I went through the ages of six through 12, and I loved it there. I loved the animals, and I loved their approach to spirituality because the Quakers do not talk much. In meeting, you're just hanging out with the divine. If somebody feels divinely inspired to speak, they do so. But part of their faith is not scripture and doctrine. It is trying to live the teachings and trying to approach all others as friends, which as a kid, I absolutely loved. And so that was the other connection that I had. Understand that spiritual practices are not meant to be rigid. Meaning when you believe something, it does not then discount or in any way disprove somebody else's beliefs, but it rather, it gives you an area of focus. It gives you your particular foundation, your particular anchor into that particular world, but it does not mean what other people believe is wrong. And whenever I'm talking about, I don't do baneful magic, and I can sound a little bit like a magic moralizer because of my own personal guidance system, I am not judging the choices of other people. And in fact, another short podcast that I will be doing is for magical shop recommendations. I have four different ones. I'll do it in a different short, you know, Cliff Notes type of podcast as well. But I wanted to cover what celestial and angelic magic is. It is Hinted at in the Book of Enoch, but it is not Enochian magic. It is a form of magic that utilizes those four archangels. And who will be called towards it? You're going to know. You're 100% going to know. One of the biggest hallmarks of it will be that you have had multiple instances that should have resulted in your death, but something saved you which is there are so many of those stories in my life, it's almost comical. It genuinely is, particularly fire has been something that fires have been put out and like, you know, I've been saved from them over and over again through no fault of my own. It was never me almost setting the fire, but something else put it out for me. And there are very complicated tales around that. You will have had sets of circumstances like that. And if you are a celestial and an angelic magic practitioner through an ancestral, which is your energetic ancestral line, you will also almost certainly have had a lot of trauma because celestial and angelic magic comes back into this reality in its strongest form when this reality is most out of balance. Too much dark or too much light is rarely too much light. It's currently too much darkness. So celestial and angelic magic has been gaining more and more traction and more and more followers as people who are called to try and set the energetic balance to rights through these healing magics, because it is the, the magic of miracles. 
meaning you are asking for a particular healing, usually of an energetic state. And it is usually best applied to people who are also here to try to work in service to the greater good. And that is the other hallmark. You will have had a difficult set of experiences. You will usually have landed in families in which you had no true affinity with anyone else. And you almost felt like you were, you were likely a misfit or someone who was an outlier your whole life. You never fit in because you were not meant to conform. And this is because you were meant to to have a spiritual connection that would guide you towards making changes in this world that would benefit the reality that would put it back into basically balance so that this reality can continue to exist and we can continue to exist in it. No one person carries all of it. There are many practitioners across the globe and they carry forth a message at this particular point. Celestial and angelic magic practitioners are in the teaching phase of trying to find their followers. And again, the way to recognize it is you will have known that you have magical abilities your whole life and you will have had a usually a traumatic experience that dot, did not, um, you either always felt apart or were actually apart because these people don't, we, we don't run with the herd. We're not meant to. We're supposed to be people who step outside of it and who are here to help expand others, to help teach them new ways of doing things so that we can have better results. But it is not part of the Christian religion, even though I approach it through archangels. I actually, you know, the teachings of the actual central figure of the Christian religion are ones that I greatly admire and try to embody. But the Christian religion is has become a very hypocritical structure, quite frankly. Um, it is not about judging one another. It is supposed to be about helping one another, regardless of what they believe, which seems to be a message that many Christian churches have completely lost. They walked forward thinking that speaking the word rather than living the word was more important. So that has become a power structure. Regardless of that power structure and the fact that I do not participate in it, my intent in celestial and angelic magic is to draw down that energy of the divine through a magical focus, which is a magical tool, which for me is usually candle magic. And there are representations of it on my community page, on YouTube, also on Instagram. I had to put my Instagram uh, account to private. They have so many scammers on Instagram that almost every practitioner and tarot reader has to, or else somebody's going to clone you and pretend that they're you. That's another thing to remember. Um, listen, the only way to book me is through my website, literally. If somebody's approaching you and saying, I can read you on WhatsApp, they're lying, they're not me. And that is true for absolutely every reader and every practitioner of anything on Instagram. Instagram does almost nothing to get rid of scammers. So having said that, it's up on my Instagram as well. I will approve some people, but usually not people in the same trade, simply because they have often been cloned as well. So on my YouTube channel, there is a community page that has a lot of different representations of the different types of spells. Sooner or later, I will be teaching those to the people who are truly called to this particular form of magic. They quite frequently are also practicing a different form of magic for the different needs in their lives, but their primary source to ancestral magical knowledge is through celestial and angelic practitioners through the archangels. And usually it's Raphael, 
Gabriel's the wordy one, I bet you can guess. That is the spirit of air, which is the spirit of communication, which is also if you're a conduit for Gabriel, and there are other conduits for Gabriel, you are likely meant to be a teacher as well. So that was the cliff notes on what celestial and angelic magic. There is a different form of it. It genuinely has to do with the fallen and the Enochian symbols that are not part of what celestial and angelic magic is for me. Um, and is there anything wrong with it? No, there isn't. There's just that slight difference. So you will hear that there are celestial and angelic magic practitioners doing a slightly different form of it. And one is not better than the other, but we all choose a different path. So that was about celestial and angelic magic. Look for, I'm going to be able to recommend people who cast the type of spells that I don't cast and uh, magic shops. Those are two that I have coming up fairly shortly. But thank you for joining me for this, the Cliff Notes version of what is celestial and angelic magic. And can you include it in a practice without changing your practice? Absolutely, yes. No matter what you are doing, you can also separately do focus work about healing, about making things better. We do not need to be perfect people in order to walk in this particular realm. If you want to book me for a private reading, there's an at therisingmoon.com is where you would be able to book me. And you can find me on YouTube at Chromecast at the Rising Moon. Thank you. Take care and live magically.